0: Amen, amen. How many glad to be in the room? Yes, amen. We're going to continue, we're continuing this series with uh, going to the roof, going to the roof, and uh, so glad to be here this morning. And uh, I was sitting there yesterday in prayer, and some thoughts came to me, and uh, the same thing happened today. And I was thinking about the week my week, and uh, everything didn't go the way I planned it. Everything didn't go the way I wanted it to go, and uh, some days weren't as good as I wanted them to be, and uh, even on the verge of discouragement, and sometimes even sometimes going through that emotional roller coaster that life sometimes throws at us. But I realized one thing when I was sitting there, I didn't give up. I didn't throw in the towel. I didn't throw up my hands. And I realized one thing that was so powerful, that was so positive. I was here. I made it. I made it. If you're not afraid to do it, you can pinch yourself and just say, I'm here. See, that's half the battle, It's just being here, being here, it means something, you made it, and so we're glad to be here this morning, and uh, want to continue this series that, that Andy started, and uh, I guess I'm kind of kicking off, so to speak, the, uh, the first sermon dealing with the, the, uh, the series and the miracles, but... Um, we believe that the Lord has a word for you, and we just want to inspire you this morning, and uh, want you to leave with something that's going to stick to your bones. Amen. Somebody. Yeah. Now, and if this one, this right leg, it's the right leg. If if it starts gets to moving a little bit, you know, sometimes it'll, you know, then I'm 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 getting excited. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Don't don't think something's wrong. That, that's just that's just what happens, but uh, this is a powerful powerful series and so we, we're excited uh, to bring this word to you this morning we're going to be reading out of Mark uh, all these uh, miracles that are in the book of Mark and going to be reading out of the third chapter and basically covering uh, verses 1 through 6 for the most part uh, this morning so uh we won't, we won't take a long time. It won't take a long time. And, uh, but I, I, I really do. I, I, I want to inspire you, encourage you this morning. And uh, I want you to focus on that, that theme. The story of the paralyzed man that they lowered down to the roof. That's where this series is all based upon. That no matter what it takes. No matter what I have to do. I want to get to Jesus. That has to be the focus. So that's what we want you to focus on this morning as we bring the word. So we're going to begin reading in Mark 3, verse 1. It says, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Now, when I began to read this first verse, the first thing that came to my mind, I had to ask myself the question, and I don't know if maybe you look at it the same way too, but there's this man with a shriveled hand in the synagogue, and it says that they looked at Jesus to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they would have a reason to accuse Jesus of going against the law. So the question I asked myself was, was this man here by just coincidence or happenstance or did they intentionally place this man in the synagogue just for this purpose? That's the question I asked myself because they were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. But what I discovered as I began to study this, it doesn't matter whether they did or not. Whether they intentionally placed him here or not. Nothing that Jesus did was by coincidence or happenstance. Everything he does is intentional. And so that's today. Some of you might be thinking, we've walked in here today and we, you might be thinking that you're just here by coincidence. It's just another Sunday. It's January the 21st, another Sunday, another opportunity. I've come into the place, uh, Christ's way to worship and to celebrate, but it's not a coincidence. I want you to understand that you're here for a purpose. You are here with with God's intention. How do I know that? The psalmist says in in, in the 139th Psalm, and a lot of us know it, but he says, Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days that were ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so I know that our lives are not by happenstance or coincidence, And that God is involved in every aspect of our lives, every detail of our lives. Otherwise, Paul would not be able to write, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. So you're not here by coincidence. You're not here by happenstance. It's not a mistake. You're here for a reason. You're here intentionally you've heard the phrase sometimes people say right time right place you know but i would say to you i would i would say that anytime or wherever the presence of the lord is you're in the right place you're in the right place so don't feel like you're just here by coincidence this is a special day. I've heard Andy say that a day that will never be the same, that will never happen again. We will never have all these same uh, number of people, the same individuals in this room again on this day. So no day is a coincidence. This is not by happenstance. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, he said, stand up in front of everyone. I'm going to cover a few points here. I just want to leave a few points here from these passages of Scripture. He says, stand up in front of everyone. Now remember, this man was here. He just happened to be here, or he was planted here intentionally. But as I said before, everything that Jesus did, did was with intention. Okay? The point I want you to take a note of is that you must be willing to allow yourself to be put on the spot from a spiritual perspective you must allow yourself to be put on the spot this man had no idea what Jesus was going to do think about it Jesus is there in the synagogue he simply said stand up in front of everyone now we know we don't like to be put on the spot amen somebody y'all looking at me like Alice in Wonderland we we don't like to be put on the spot, and contrary many times, uh, contrary to what Andy does, a lot of time Andy uses me uh, as a prop and and, uh, <laughs> and 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 the show and give the in illustration of a point he's trying to bring across. And even though I don't like to be put on the spot, because you know I don't, you, we don't like to get up in front of everybody all the time. And but the difference is. At least I know, at least I believe, (laughs) that there is always a positive outcome with what he's trying to illustrate. So I I can feel pretty good about that. But this man has no idea. Listen to what I'm saying. He has no idea what Jesus is going to do. Jesus simply said, stand up in front of everyone. There must be a willingness, a willingness to respond to the spirit or the word of the Lord. I remember I have told this story, I think, before, but I remember when I got my third confirmation when it comes to ministry. I was in Texas and I was at a great conference, a big conference called Fresh Fire and a lot of great, renowned and uh, popular uh, ministry evangelists were there, and it was at the University of Lamar, L- Lamar University, and it was in what they called the Montaigne Center facility where they played their a- athletic events. and And this was the third confirmation I got concerning ministry. Guess I really wasn't trying to go there. I I wasn't. I I, I wasn't you know blessed with the. As we would say in our circles, the gift of gab. And all the rest of my family, they had that. They had that. But I didn't have that. Brian was quiet, reserved, shy, hard to believe, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so I was there, and five to 10,000 people in the audience, and the evangelist that stood up, she, she was speaking, and out of all these people, she looks up into the, the stands to the bleachers, says, Hey, you young man in the brown suit, you need to come down here. Put me on the spot. <laughs> but I want I, I, uh, it's funny, but I, I want to illustrate something to you about being here, being in this moment, about going to the roof. Put me on the spot. And I turned to two of my aunts that were there with me and One of my aunts said, Brian, I think she's talking to you. I said, no, she ain't talking to me. (laughs) That's what I said. I said, no, she's not talking to me. She said, and how, I don't know if she had supernatural hearing or what it was, but she responded to my rebuttal. She said, yes, I'm talking to you. (laughs) So now I'm really on the spot. Show you how God works. I'm on the spot. I'm like, oh, man. So now I got to walk down all these flights of stairs in front of 10,000 people. And I walk up to her and (laughs) she, she says to me, this is all I remember her saying. But she says to me, you need to repent. She says, you need to repent. You know, I'm looking big-eyed and uh, like, okay, where are we going? <laughs> she says, because you have a ministry, you have a calling on your life, and you are procrastinating. She said, you need to repent. That's all I remember. Cause the next thing I know, you're talking about being put on the spot. So you got to be willing to allow the Lord to put you... I w- now, I was already embarrassed walking down in front of 10,000 people. Now, I wake, I, 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 I'm, I'm on the floor, <laughs> and I sit up. <laughs> I'm looking at 10,000 people <laughs> and wondering what in the world happened. Because I was, just, I, was, I was just, as we would say, I was slain in the spirit. I was gone. And and the Lord, the anointing of the Lord was His arm, and but you got to be willing. If we're going, if you're going to go to the roof, this mentality, you got to be willing to be put on the spot. Okay. You may not have come into this sanctuary, into this celebration, into this to this service today with expectation, and that's okay, because we don't always we want you to come in with expectation. That is the goal. But it's okay, because it does not prevent God from doing what he wants to do as long as I'm willing to respond. As long as I'm willing to respond, God can still do whatever he wants and has deemed that he's going to do. So then Jesus said, and, and then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? to save life or to kill, but they remain silent. You'll notice several times as we go through this series where he mentions, okay, the issue is about, for them, it's about the Sabbath. And Andy said it last week, but it, Jesus makes it very clear that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And so the need of people always outweighs the religious ceremonial rules and laws. It lets us know that every opportunity or every day is an opportunity for opportunity. Does that make sense? Every time I come into this place, it's an opportunity for opportunity. Okay. Remember that. Keep that in your focus. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. Here we go again. He put him on the spot again. If the man has no idea what Jesus is getting ready to do but he's asking him to respond willingly to what the word of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is saying. He says stretch out your your hand. Now even if the man is anticipating that Jesus is going to heal him, even if that is his, his anticipation, he doesn't know that for sure. What if he doesn't heal him? What if he steps out on the spot. He's on the spot. What if he does it and he doesn't get healed? You're asking me to come out of my comfort zone. You're asking me to go beyond what, that which is the, the normal. And what if I don't even get the results that I'm looking for? Is it going to change my perception of God And what he's able to do. That's the question. But here the man is put on the spot again. See the man didn't seek Jesus. He was just present. He was just there. Jesus initiated. The healing. The man was just there. And sometimes. As I said, you just got to be present. You just got to be here. If I can just get there. You know, when I was growing up as a young child and going through school, I used to love school. Love school. Man, I, I've had several, several years where I had uh, unmissed absences. Perfect attendance. Because I hated missing school. Because I thought if I missed... I was going to miss something. I was going to miss out on an opportunity. And so I, I, I never wanted to miss school. And, I, and I'm saddened in my heart today because I hear so many kids today talk about how they don't even enjoy school, how they hate school. And it's not their fault. It's, it's society that we live in today. Because they've stolen the innocence. And kids kids just can't be innocent and, you know. But I never wanted to miss school. That's the mindset that I want to have about being in this place. That's the mind. And some of you might say, well, Brian, you going all the time. Yeah. There's a... 20-year-old young, young lady who, who, who wants me there and needs me there, but my heart and desire is always to be in the house of God, always. And if we would approach it that way, from that perspective, that every time that I'm able to get here, every time I'm able to be in this gathering, every time I'm able to be in this celebration, there's an opportunity that if I'm not here, it's not, it doesn't mean it's this not it doesn't mean I'm I'm sinning or against God if I'm not here, but my desire and my passion is to be here. It's where I want to be, where the presence of the Lord is. Now we know that God can operate and do what he wants to do, whether you're here or not. But there is something special about this place. And I'm not talking about the four walls. I'm talking about the body of believers. The psalmist says in 133, he says, How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then he goes on to say, It is there that the Lord commanded or dispenses the blessing, even life forevermore. It is in the spiritual unity of believers that I'm talking about, that makes this place special. It is there the Lord gets blessings. That's why he says, where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. And so make no mistake about it. This is not just any place. And there is something special about being in this place together in the spirit of unity. And there's things that can happen in this place that won't happen anywhere else. So I don't ever want to miss opportunity or chance to be here, to be in this place. The man was just present. And I want you to understand that being present doesn't just mean from a a physical aspect. Being present implies that I am open and receptive to whatever God wants to do. That's what being present is. Whatever he wants to do, I'm open and receptive. Isaiah said, hear my Lord, send me. Whatever it is, I want to be open. I want to be receptive to what God wants to do. So... He goes on and says, he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Praise God. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. But again, the man, he was just there, he was present. But yet he was willing, he was open and receptive to respond to what God was doing. That's what made the difference. The book of Acts tells us that uh, uh, the disciples, Peter and John, it says that they said this about them in, in, in uh, Acts 4. It says that when they, took, when, they, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it says they marveled. They marveled because they perceived them to be ignorant, and unlearned men, but they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. See, if you're going if, if to be instrumental, if I'm going to be impactful in leading people to Jesus and taking people to the roof, I got to be willing to go to the roof. I got to be willing to go to the roof myself. I got to put myself in that place where I'm willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, by any means necessary, to get there, to Jesus. I've got to know and have that experience if I'm going to be able to take people to the roof. So, I'm going to read just the last three verses that I'm going to read is 7 through 10. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to, to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about what he was, all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him. To keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many. Somebody say many. So that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. He had healed many. He had to set out in the boat on the lake. (laughs) Because there were so many. But he healed many as we get ready to close, I had an experience with my mother, 81 years old. She'll be 82 in February. But she's going through some, a, lot of, a lot of health issues, medical issues, but she's diagnosed with cancer for the second time. And she had cancer in her lymph nodes and um, on her lungs and different areas of her body in the lymph nodes and you know you start to believe because of the, the age and because of the season of her life, well, you know, I guess this is it, and you know, she's at that age. But you just have to allow God to be God. Somebody told me that there's no cure for cancer. That's what they told me and. They say there's no cure for cancer. That's one, one medical issue that we all know they say there's no cure for. But we got a report after some weeks. And this was no false diagnosis. I was there. I saw it. But we got a report. that she's cancer-free. Oh, come on, somebody. Whose report will you believe? She's cancer-free. Now, we can say, well, she's still in the hospital. She's still dealing with medical issues. But I know God (laughs) healed her of something that man said she couldn't be healed from. He's he's great. He does miracles. (laughs) There is none and no one like him. There's no one like him. You're in this place today, not by coincidence, not by happenstance. You didn't just walk in today, you're here for a reason. And everything that God does is intentional. God knows everything about you. He's involved in every detail of your life. And so this is a moment. This is an opportunity that you have today. If you're willing to be open and receptive to whatever God wants to do. He can do it. There's nothing too hard for him. Nothing too hard for him. He's still the God that heals us. And so as we close, as Andy comes up, we want to give you opportunity. We want to give you opportunity to just allow God to be God. Just allow God to be God. He's great. He's still doing miracles. He's still doing wonderful works. He's still the same God today, yesterday, and forever. There's nothing too hard for Him. He just wants us to respond, He just wants us to be willing. you got to be willing to be put on the spot. you got to be willing to go outside of what is the norm. What is your comfort zone? So in this moment right now, I'm just wondering, not because I say it, not because even I'm prompting you, but I'm just wondering if we can just stand and just begin to praise God in this moment. In your own way, as any comes, if you can just give God praise right now. <laughs> to prepare your hearts and mind. Come on, somebody. Amen. To prepare your hearts and mind for whatever he wants to do. Come on, it's all about surrender and submission. Amen. To allow God to be God. And he can do it.
1: And so here's the space, here's the space. I think sometimes we have this idea that we'll be hurt, broken, need healing, and God will find us. When I read the scripture, one of the greatest revelations for me is that Jesus was going on his way and people called to him. This week, if you were tracking with us in morning prayer, He brought up the the story of the blind man who heard a rustle, and said, what's going on? And they're like, it's Jesus. He's like, hey, Jesus. And that's when everybody told him to pipe down, you know, cool it off. And he yells louder, right? Okay. Then Jesus hears that, and he's like, bring the guy to me. They're walking a blind man to Jesus. He gets up close to Jesus, and Jesus then asks, you ready? This is it. This is for you. What do you want me to do? That's what we're talking about. It's like blank check Jesus. Like he's just like, okay, here you are. You called. I wasn't planning to come over and see you. But you got my attention. What would you like me to do? And that brother could have said, my wrist hurts, wrist healed, and he might go home blind. I don't know. Jesus lets it be open like that for us, which I think is pretty incredible. So what is it? What needs healed here? what needs healed in our body, I'm going to ask you to just come on up. Here's the deal. I want you to just step into a space. People are going to surround you. They're going to pray with you. Folks that have faith, right? We're, we're taking folks to the roof, right? We're just going to come alongside. And you can ask them, like, what is it that you need? You should. If I'm praying with you, that's what I'm going to do. I'm leaning down and go, I don't need to guess. I mean, Spirit might tell me, but he doesn't have to. So, like, what is it? What would you like prayed over? And then we just pray. That's it. This is a no-pressure moment. God is not on trial here. He will do and he will work, and I have never been able to figure him out a bit. I heard a story one time, I was thinking of this over here. A guy got shot, Central America, a a missionary brother, got shot, the bullet hit him, ready for this? Went through his shirt, bruised him, and then fell inside of his shirt. And I'm like, you stopped him from getting killed and you couldn't stop the bruising? Like I don't even understand that, right? I don't understand him, but I love him, and I believe in him. And I also know this is a divine moment because we got prompts, whatever it is. Let's pray. Let's pray. We're going to play some music. We're going to have a song going. If you need to go, you're able to go. I don't know if it's the best time to go, but if you need to go, you can. That thing that you think too much. That thing that you think he's not interested in? Get his attention. Come up to that space. Here it is, Lord. Heal me. Be specific. We have not because we ask not, and we ask amiss. We ask amiss. Just be specific. And then receive. Receive. Play that song. Let's pray. All around this room. And if someone's up here, come up and pray with them. Come on. People with faith, that's what the roof is. They may have faith. You may have faith. Come on up and pray. Lord Jesus, be a healer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your blessing. This whole room for healing. Just let faith rise up. Let your your faith be built. Let trust come. Trust come. Yes, yes, yes.